What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we are. What's up, dude? How you doing? What do you want to start with? Uh, Jordan Peterson, Gad Sad, or Bachelor cancellations? Jordan Peterson. Okay. So Jordan Peterson was talking. This is a good warm-up. Was talking to Gad Sad, and he asks Gad sincerely, because they're kind of talking about postmodernists. He says, is that what a postmodernist would believe? And it was just interesting for me in that moment to realize, I think both sides of, well, both sides of any debate, and I don't know if this has always been the case in the world, but sort of imagine what they think someone would say. And sometimes they do it charitably and sometimes they do it sure. completely in bad faith. But it's so interesting how rare it is for someone, even on YouTube, to get the opportunity to speak to someone who disagrees with them in good faith as yeah. they both pursue truth and remain open to changing their perspectives. <laughs> and when two sides do speak to one another, it, it almost inevitably turns into a shouting match and a debate. Sure. And you get mired down in gunk that that is so obviously immaterial to the pursuit of the truth with a capital T or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Or even when we do the opposite, which is when you speak, I think I just know you well enough that I assume everything you say is charitable. So mm -hmm. I never assume that you're coming from a place of hate because yeah. I know you don't. But then I don't ask you, oh, is that what a postmodernist would say? You just say it and I go mm -hmm. interpret this as in the best possible way. Yeah, yeah. And then we're we carry on. So. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't know anything from it. I was like, oh man, how nice would it be to have an actual postmodernist instead of going? Is that what they would say? And I and I when I've listened to Jordan Peterson, some people think that it isn't the case that he misrepresents postmodernism. And I can see a handful of areas, but I also see him try to give credit where credit is due. And what he often says about postmodernism is that you know you're right. There's not necessarily an objective framework on which I can say that one moral thing is better than another. But it seems clear that. Uh, when it comes to building a bridge, we cannot compare different types of engineering only because one bridge stands and the other bridge mm -hmm. doesn't. What so, is postmodernism? Oh boy! So I wish we had a postmodernist here to help. I'll do. I'll do my best. It's it's a large body of work which I'm going to overly simplify here, but the general idea behind it is, I think, relativism. And one of the things that it's applied to is applied to culture, it's sometimes applied to mathematics and language, but it's the idea that if I say Britney Spears sucks 
and you're like, you know, obviously Bach is better than her. That is a very subjective statement that that if we dig down into it, doesn't stand on anything fundamental. And even if you say, well, Britney Spears writes in 4-4 time and uses only the same three notes and Bach is much more complex. Why is complex better? Why is complex better? Sure. Why is this better? Why? It's basically, if you ask why, in my interpretation of it, if you ask why a million times, you get to an axiom which stands on nothing, mm. which is, I think complexity is better. Or I think, for instance, even that bridges that stand are better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think that mathematics that accurately predict the, the position of uh, celestial bodies is better or more useful. But that's not to say that it is the case. So one of the stories that Gad tells about a postmodernist is how yeah, um, he was saying, well, isn't it true that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west? And she, I think, fairly to a degree responds, well, who says what's east? And who says what's West? Mm -hmm. He says, well, over there. And she says, what do you mean over there? And I, and I think what postmodernists accurately point out is that the way that we divvy up the world, like there's a water bottle here and I see it as separate from the table on which it stands, is based on survival. Oh, yeah. I even do to say the sun rises is inaccurate. It, we yeah, rotate, yeah. Like, exactly. Yes, that's that's not fundamentally true we rotate around the sun as and that, it stays still and that's not even fundamentally true so the, the, right. the point of the postmodernist is you can shift perspectives and see things very differently if i were um one trillion sizes larger than i am yeah. separating this water bottle from this desk would make zero sense and not be the way it was perceived and if i was the size of a neutrino treating this water bottle as a singular thing sure would make no sense what's the point the point is to say, holy cow, we often refer to objective truth. And so I say, like, you know, you're schizophrenic and I'm not. Mm -hmm. And I go, you're seeing illusions. And their point is, I'm also seeing illusions, but they're just consensual. Mm -hmm. um, not consensual. They're widely, there's a high consensus yeah, yeah, around them. Um, and so that's the point. Is So when we say, for instance, some of the things they point out is we talk about primitive societies and we talk about... Um, you know, right and wrong ways of doing things. So, for instance, they point to cultural practices that we might like look down on. Um, I don't know if they necessarily often point to this one, but say like what we would call female genital mutilation. And they would go to judge that from your perspective. Obviously, you see it as bad. But if you shifted perspectives, the badness of it sort of can disappear sure or it's weird to judge that, but then think that circumcision is completely normal. It's and like, oh, that genital mutilation yeah. is bad. But this genital mutilation is good. Eating cows is fine. If 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 there's a ch Chinese person eating a dog or a rat, that's somehow weird or crazy. And so those those are instances where it really stands out as so obvious. A, is it a philosophy that's basic tenet is to minimize judgment? I don't know what you could say it was for, but and depending on who you talk about, this is this is what I think is valuable in it is that it it, it adds a degree of humility to any perspective, which I think is really valuable. And so what I think then comes out of it is you need to have hypothetical statements about the things that you say to be true. So it's like, look, if you're interested in what we agree is human flourishing, then you might not want to do genital mutilation. Yeah, yeah. You know? If you want a bridge yeah. that cars can drive across, <laughs> yeah. you're going to want to go with consensus mathematics. Yes, yes. If you perceive this as a car and this as a bridge and, you yeah. know, which Come on, let's be real, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, you like, do. You do. Uh, we should do math this way. Yeah. But that's not to say that this math is right or true or has an objective claim that but is it's beyond it's definitely that. useful if you want to get across this <laughs> river. Yes. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, I don't know how many postmodernists there are in torture chambers. You know, going like, well, 
my perspective says like suffering is real collapsing bridges are sure. become very real when you're standing on them um so in any event i again i wish yeah, i yeah. had a postmodernist here <laughs> there's to, no such thing as general mutilation works <laughs> until somebody's mutilating your genitals. <laughs> yeah and then yeah. <laughs> there is such yeah, a thing exactly so this is i'm still uh i'm not criticizing peterson and gad for it but it's just unfortunate that that it's so difficult to have open-minded conversations because i'm sure that there's something that uh a postmodernist feels that they're misrepresenting. So another thing that this well, is applied weird, to, we have a bad debate culture. I feel like on the internet, because see, changing your mind publicly is seen as a sign of weakness. You know, John Kerry flip flopped. <laughs> Sorry, you mean that after a decade plus of new information, I updated my mind to yep. account for that? Like I didn't just stick to what I thought in 1990. Yep. Yeah, that's a bad thing, mm-hmm. and I think people see that. It's like, oh yeah. Ben Shapiro destroyed this kid because he had nothing to say. And instead he said, oh, that's a great point. Yeah. I'll have to think about it. Yeah. Just like what? This is <laughs> this is how dialogue is supposed to occur. We update our information and then change our minds. So we have made that a weakness, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You're almost better off shifting goalposts, changing the topic. So that's what you see when you see Vosh and Destiny have a conversation. It's not occurring where anyone will change their mind because to change your mind would be to admit defeat to the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there might be times where they change their mind. But what I notice and in myself is if you you start, your voice gets louder. One or both of you, not necessarily you, is probably starting to deviate from a pursuit of truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if you find yourself having to shout. Uh, so just one other thing with postmodern, because I think this is one of the years where it first started and I find it very credible is in the artistic realms. It says, who says this art is good? Who says this art is bad? That's where you get the... You know, the the MoMA is that the modern Museum of Modern Art mm-hmm. has like a red thing, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and Duchamp Dude. put up a urinal and <laughs> I, I think the Mona Lisa sucks. <laughs> I do. It's uh, it's considered a classic. I went and saw it. It sucks. Yeah. Like you, and, you won't convince me otherwise. And the point is, you're not wrong in that. Now, yeah. where Jordan Peterson and Gad come in is they say, well, we have to agree that the brush strokes have certain qualities to them. And and a more, a more postmodern approach would say says who yeah, you know yeah. says says who just who says what's a brushstroke who says that this is uh, a lighter touch you know and and there's there's i think something fair to that to that perspective of total relativism the problem is oh and this is what james Lindsay criticizes is they say look they tear everything down which is like fair enough and then where the woke according to james Lindsay, his perspective is then what is the only thing that is left is power so then the only thing that remain are is power as historically wielded by groups of people. Mm. So then you have marginalized groups and unmarginalized. And these things are real. <laughs> you know, there's no blurry ba- like, well, there, I guess there are some blurry, you know, because there's intersectionality. But it's what is real in the world are these power games. And the only thing that we can do is uh, even the power game as it has been historically wielded, I think a fair point to this is well who who tells the story of what history is and yeah. how groups clump together if, i don't know if it's postmodernism, but the philosophy that i don't agree with is this idea that if anyone is in a better position than someone else they got there by taking advantage of that person because i feel like it doesn't allow for two people with free access to the gym and free access to food but one just goes and works out every day and the other one chooses not to and then in a year that per- first person is significantly stronger than the second it's like Mm -hmm. was he stronger because he took advantage of the second person or is he stronger because he went to the gym every day and ate right and the other person chose not to sure and sometimes i think a power imbalance is caused by taking advantage of people but it seems weird to say that any any difference in strength 
or success or mon- money or fame or whatever is is only due to disadvantaging people and oppression. It just and, seems weird because you're not like surely we can think of examples where that's not the case. Yes, I think that most postmodernists would agree with that statement. And then where you would disagree is on the particulars of where each one is happening mm-hmm. in the world. Which well, funny you- enough, isn't the postmodern thing to say that, okay, well, let's say that movie stars have a massive amount of money relative to teachers and that's bad. Well, the postmodernists, shouldn't they say, why do you think that's bad? Just because they have more money? Who's to say that having more money is inherently important? Well, I think, I think this is one of the difficulties of um, postmodernism is that it is such a, it's, it starts from such a skeptical place that it is tough to then uh, construct off of that, that like airy edifice. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you apply it to itself, it's, it sort of does seem to eat its own tail. And there's perhaps an interesting way out of that problem. But yeah, I, I don't know. And I think the, the point that I started this was it'd be nice to talk to someone who's- I've never <laughs> who's, heard this term before, uh, so. Genuinely interested. Oh, you never heard of postmodernism? No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is like all the rage. This is sort of what underpins a lot of um, the woke stuff, which if we want, we can now go into the, the what is it? The drama du jour. Yeah, <laughs> which sure. Is, let's, let's fire away. Well, we don't, I'm not interested actually in, in, talking about the specifics of it, but it raises questions. So uh, host of The Bachelor is a guy named Chris Harrison. I learned this week. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a, it's I think the, something like the first season where there was a black bachelor. This is the first season where yes, it's a black bachelor. Yes, yeah. and uh, so race is, is top of mind for people. And there was a contestant who made it towards the end who was a woman. And there was photos of her at an old South party in college, which I believe means that it was housed that in uh, like what used to be a plantation and they wore old South style clothes and drank. And uh, I don't think that there was any reenactments of slavery as <laughs> to my knowledge. And then in addition to that, there were a handful of other accusations like she culturally appropriated one Halloween and stood next to a guy in a photo who was a black guy who was dressed as a slave. And like that this is, um, she was then under fire. And then the host said, hey, uh, let's have some grace. And he said a handful of interesting things that we can jump off of. One is, uh, okay, this is wrong in 2021, but was it wrong in 2018? Interesting question about moral relativism, which which we can dive into. Um, she was young, she was dumb, she was 18. And anyway, what happened is, Somewhere behind the scenes, he lost the job, maybe stepped down and uh, apologized and said he was wrong. And he his, his those statements effectively perpetuated racism. Mm-hmm. So without getting into the specifics of him, her, there's a handful of, I think, interesting questions, which is like. Yeah, because I don't think I didn't watch the full interview, mm-hmm. honestly. So I can't I can't say if he said something inappropriate or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was didn't watch everything he said sure so maybe so, he snuck in something crazy. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like i read some articles that summarized what he said yeah but maybe he said some crazy shit that i didn't see this is so why this i like about ph- i like philosophy yeah. more than so this uh, isn't about him. litigation this is, this is about questions around yes our understanding of some of the topics being raised yes so there's a handful of questions they, they all tie together so uh how do we know well, what makes something wrong is, I guess, the first mm-hmm. question that this sort of does. So the perspective of the woman, uh, the the host opposite him that was kind of his foil in this, I think her, her name is Rachel Lindsay, was that he says, was this wrong in 2018 or is it wrong in 2021? And she says it was always wrong mm-hmm. uh, to do this. And the idea being that her perspective is that slavery existed as an institution in America. It occurred in the South 
Um, it occurred on plantations in the South, and you can that to have a party at that place which makes light or celebrates the South is to celebrate the subjugation of black people, which makes black people upset, which makes it bad. Mm-hmm. And I actually think there's a handful of uh, jumps in there that that I don't follow necessarily that that seem to construct the, the view that it's wrong. So the first one is that uh, moments in history are tied to things that happened in that. So like, you know, Germany in the 40s is the Holocaust or the South pre-Civil War is slavery. Uh, and what we were just talking about last night is like, so when a kid dresses up like a pirate, what is he doing? I, I have such a long list of costumes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about this. If we want the rule to be that you cannot dress up as anything from history. That's our 2021 rule. It's going- not history. It's it's where uh, in a surrounding that. And here's the other thing. Go ahead. Say what you say what you're going to say. <laughs> I'm trying in, to go ahead. Just OK. It's not anything in history. It's at a time in history where something really bad was happening. That's everything. in history. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's everything in history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You go ahead with that caveat. So no, seriously, though. So like we can have a rule saying, OK, in 2021 going forward, we've all decided we're banning historical costumes. We get together and we know if you dress up as anything in history starting in 2021, you get canceled. But if it's that you dressed up as something in the past, like Vikings, massive rapists, pirates, slave traders and rapists, Egyptian pharaohs, Jasmine and Aladdin, they had slaves. The yeah. sultans had slaves. Well, Jasmine and Aladdin never really existed. They were in Agrabah, which I don't... <laughs> slaves, bro. <laughs> okay. Almost positive. Okay. Probably in most places in human history. Uh, Spartans from 300, rape, murder, slavery. So, uh, well, the Greeks, the Greeks that did have slaves, I believe. Certainly the Romans. We dress up as gladiators. Do you know what, what a I'm gladiator saying? is? It's a slave. It's a slave who we gathered around and cheered while they murdered each other. I mean, and so to, if you say that your favorite movie is gladiator. Mm-hmm. It's pro slavery. Uh, yeah, yeah. And because it, or does it, and, and who says if the tone of gladiator is sufficiently uh, negative towards the practice of slavery or if it glorifies well i'm just saying fighting in terms in the of costumes if if we're gonna go if the rule is you can't dress up in a time period or as a person that was participating in a time period where atrocities occurred don't dress up as anything from any time in history limit yourself to mario and luigi <laughs> you know what i mean because mm-hmm. i think i think people maybe don't realize that Every historical costume can be tied to atrocity, slavery, murder, mm-hmm. rape, conquest. Well, Mario and Luigi, I mean, if, if I'm if I also perpetuates the idea that princesses need saving, that that women are incapable of protecting themselves. As sure, they if get, you dress up as a priest and I was molested as a priest as a kid. Maybe your costume gives me PTSD. Now, let me say so. So what you're you're now adding the second layer, which is. Postmodernists, I think, would accurately say that, look, there's not one view of history. There are stories that we tell about history. So one person says, like, look, the Catholic Church has a long history. They built some stuff. They started some wars. They defended some people. They gave people hope. Like, they, they, they you know, and some priests molested some kids. And some people, some priests donated all their time and money to charity. To me, priest costume, molestation. Exactly. So here's the question. Who gets to say and we all have, we act like it's That's obvious. That's not actually how I feel for the record. <laughs> just pointing out yeah, yeah. an argument. So we we have acted, I think, sort of culturally around this issue of the South as if the South is singularly defined as slavery because it was so much. But I would suggest the postmodernist view that there's a lot of stories that one can tell about the South. Certainly one of them is that. But there is no right 
interpretation here. So what we have well, are, or, or I guess what I'm just saying is you can just apply this to other things. You can you could take this and paint almost any costume with it. It would be tough to find one that's not. Yes. So what you accurately I think have said is that this actually isn't about the truth of history because there is no truth of history. There are perspectives on history and maybe we agree on the base level facts but not on what is predominant in a society or what it says. Yeah. So and then, by the way, we can have that rule if we want to. Like you just got to dress up as Superman going forward. But anyone who's ever dressed up as anything from any past history would be canceled using this rule. But furthermore, it's also guilt by association because she stood next to someone. This is one that I, I don't even want to get deep into. If you stand next to someone in a picture, that to me is just so boring. Throw it out. I don't care. Like, <laughs> Well, we talked about this, though. When you're canceling someone, the more instances you can point to, the stronger yeah. the case. So, you know, when someone's canceling Brian Cowan, he was accused of date raping someone. That's a serious, serious allegation. He was accused of saying something and yeah. then he was accused of I forget what else. But they... Certainly, even if you think all three behaviors were bad, they aren't all equal. They aren't all date raping someone. Mm -hmm. But when you're writing the article, it's just easier to say there have been four accusations of, of sexual, sexual misconduct. misconduct. And, so and then think, the first one is the date rape. So for rape. this girl, yeah. similarly, it's like there's a history of racist action. One is going to yep. a plantation party. One is standing next to a black man who's decided to dress up like a slave mm -hmm. for their own reasons. And the you other, know I mean? you know, like, and then her high school, uh, friends or people at our high school said you know the rumors and those as you this is something that I, I think it was scott adams who points out that um though many people have you just and when you add to a list things feel more credible like they, you just, and you oh, just you glaze over yes yeah. and you glaze over and you don't need to evaluate each piece of evidence on its own and just i dismiss that i dismiss that i dismiss that and you're left with one accusation or two accusations so yeah boring <laughs> to me the second thing that you've brought up is clearly it's there's something else going on here, which is uh, who feels upset and offended, mm -hmm. who, how many, uh, when, and, and all of that sort of stuff. So I imagine that the amount of people who feel upset and offended by pirates is non-zero but small in 2021. Mm -hmm. Let's assume that that number dramatically increases, or at least that the people who are small band together and make a lot of noise. Yeah, let's, let's just say that there's an influx of people in the U.S. that are terribly affected by Somalian pirates. And mm -hmm. they, even though the costumes are wildly different, just the pirates in general, mm -hmm. they find incredibly offensive that you would ever minimize how harmful they can so be. So here's the question, then we can apply it back to this one is... So it's um, 2030. So it's 2030. There's a bunch of people and they think that pirates and piracy are not to be trivialized. You know what? To to make this as uh, comparable as possible, let's say gladiators. Let's go. Let's. Okay. I know pirates dealt in slave trade as well, but let's go like undeniable. Maybe there was one voluntary gladiator. Like this. This. These are slaves yeah, that, yeah. that were forced to fight to the death. Um, brutal, right? That uh, things related to gladiators, and because they're they have a history of of uh, maybe they're gypsies or Roma. I don't know even what the correct term is these days. Who who lived in around the times? So you can trace their ancestry back to one surviving gladiator, and they never broke the cycle of poverty or whatever it is. And they're deeply upset by depictions of of gladiators. And that group gains enough power um, or becomes uh, recognized. Mm -hmm. So we're sitting in 2030 and we're looking back at the time where I, you know, I actually never dress up a gladiator, but let's pretend that I dressed up as a gladiator and we're going, do I say I was young and stupid? Is that the correct? So I'm saying like, I don't want to offend anybody. Is it appropriate for me at that point to first apologize and say, I'm sorry. Second, say I was stupid at the time uh, or something else. 
And I think as I've thought through this, the apology is based on what you feel is the sincerity of the person's upsetness, but also like the amount of people saying it. So if, if you're at a comedy club and you piss off one person as a comedian and you apologize, you should just quit. you can't you can't you can't interact in the world if your baseline is there's one person upset it has to hit some sort of critical threshold unfortunately bill burr talks about this he'll go to create a comedic bit Mm -hmm. and the process requires missing yeah and not being funny or missing and pissing people off and that's how that's how he learns what people will laugh at what people won't and the people he pisses off in the first time if they were to come back that exact same demographic is laughing in the Mm -hmm. 30th time but yeah, if he has to stop the bit and apologize every time he pisses someone off or kill a bit anytime it pisses someone off, he'll have nothing to say. So this is my question. Let's start with sorry. When does one say sorry? Because I've said stuff I can think in the past that I didn't mean to be offensive and I didn't know was f- upsetting to someone and I upset them and I've said sorry and I've meant it. Mm-hmm. And I've get, there's probably also been times when I've said shit and I know I asked you to do this with my ex-girlfriend where <laughs> where, yeah. you, where you upset her. You didn't feel sorry about it. I was like, can you just fucking say it to make this problem go away from I me? I, was so, I said, I'm sorry that you're feeling upset. <laughs> I will. I mean, you can't. I think you. you I, I agree with you. Apologize. About doing something yeah. if you don't regret it. So what I did in that case with her is I said, listen, I didn't mean to upset you. It wasn't my goal. Mm-hmm. I felt uncomfortable because you guys had just broken up. I didn't want to talk to you. Yeah. But I am sorry that you feel upset. Yes. Like that wasn't but, the but goal. But what you're saying is I do not regret the behavior that I chose. Like, I don't look back on that and go, that was the incorrect thing to do in the circumstance. No, I mean, that was just how I, ha- that was, just, how could I not have reacted that way? I didn't want, what well, you had heard just broken up. She came up to say hi, didn't want to talk to her. I was pleasant with her. And she was upset that I didn't want to hang out with her or okay. like talk to her more because we weren't friends. So I'm eventually going to apply this back to The Bachelor. But okay, so in the future, let's just give it the, the strongest case. A ton of people are upset by gladiators. Mm-hmm. You've got a photo of you dressed as a gladiator in 2015, mm-hmm. back in whatever, some Halloween. And they're furious and demanding. Do you use the word sorry? Uh, I mean, I think you can say, I'm sorry that you all are offended by this. It wasn't my intention to be offensive when mm-hmm. I wore the costume. Yeah. Now, people will, at least in today's climate, clearly find that insufficient. Because one of the things that I'm seeing in, in this is that um, victory, weirdly enough, the, the public sentiment in this thing is, as I have uh, scientifically evidenced in the Instagram comments on the one <laughs> post on, on E! News, are very much, uh, he said he's sorry, let it go, oh my God, this is ridiculous. There's, there seems to be, if you acquiesce and say sorry for these types of things, there is a release by most of the people. I'm not saying that that should motivate you. I, wonder, I wonder what the reaction would have been Without the apology, though, I wonder if those same people, if he had said, I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't know what he said, but let's say that he didn't say anything bad, mm-hmm. hypothetically, and he doesn't regret it because he didn't say anything bad. I think if he had come out and said, I don't even know what I would apologize for, I didn't say anything bad. Mm-hmm. I think those comments would just say, he didn't say anything bad. Bring him back. Don't yeah, fire him. Maybe. I, I suspect this because I went to the, uh, there's one petition, maybe there's a bigger one, that has 40,000 signatures to get him fired, which is a very small number relative to the amount of fans for The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. So... He might just have fans who are saying he saw he's sorry, he apologized, let him back on. But if he hadn't apologized, they'd say, 
he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, yeah. Let him back on. Got I'm it. not saying they were persuaded by the apology. So I'm saying what's what's interesting is that the the experience of this girl who went to this party and just to adjust this metaphor. Well, she got death threats, right? Her family got death threats. Sure, sure. But I'm saying this is very much like imagine today that as an American or whatever, you dressed up as uh, a centurion or I guess more particularly a gladiator at one point. And you didn't know it, but there's uh you kind of knew that gladiators were slaves. I mean, come on, you kind of knew, but you didn't know that there's a huge group of Italians, millions of Italians today and 10 years ago and 20 years ago who are deeply upset and offended by that ancestry. You you just are, it doesn't occur to you. Like you kind of sense it out there in the world, but it doesn't occur to you. I suspect that's very much what this girl experienced at this party, which was I'm invited to a party. I want to go drink. I'm going to go put on a big hat. I'm going to dress up. And uh, thought nothing of slavery. Now we can we can argue, and someone who does think about that will say, "Well, you should have." Mm-hmm. To you, I ask, do you think of gladiator slavery? Like, you know, are are you keenly aware of yeah. all of the pockets of people around the world that are uh, upset, rightfully, historically justified by all the things that they would be, and have you carefully avoided? ever doing anything that would tread on what a sizable group well, the, finds is deeply disturbing. Yeah, this is the other thing that I find. I just find it interesting. I don't really have a takeaway, but I would I would question how much of the people... So there's a group of people who are offended by the fact that she went to a plantation party because they think that it's a tacit endorsement of slavery, Yeah, which is wrong. And I would just wonder how many of them are wearing clothes made by slaves or child laborers <laughs> using technology made by either slavery or child labor wearing a blood diamond you know what i mean so it's it's interesting to me like are we trying to fight against slavery and we're trying to minimize slavery and the suffering of slavery and that includes slavery that occurred 400 years ago and slavery today mm-hmm. you know what i mean it doesn't seem like it to me but i can't tell you what any one of those that's my sense of, of it is that there are more effective ways to stop suffering as it relates to slavery than by uh, becoming very upset and Chris Harrison getting fired for defending this person. But yeah, again, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to drift into the specifics. No, no, no of I'm this. not trying to minimize, but I'm just saying that seems odd to me. It seems odd to me that if this would offend you, but you are not, I felt resp- ro- yeah. responsibly sourcing your clothes, your tech, your this, your that, uh, it seems like then you only care about the slavery that occurred to people that look like you. Or uh, and you might even have a blood diamond, weirdly enough. Yeah. Which is from black <laughs> people who are getting their their lives are destroyed by this blood diamond industry. Mm-hmm. And you might be wearing a blood diamond mad at this person who went to a costume party in 2018. Yes. And that just seems interesting to me. Uh yeah. So there's there's two pers- one thing, just a, a, I felt this way about Logan Paul's suicide forest thing, which was there was so much outcry about how awful it was and so little. It seemed in the event of like, why did this person kill themselves? Mm-hmm. What is going on? Like, is there a, is there a type of culture out there that we can sort of mitigate? Like, people were telling Logan Paul to kill himself. <laughs> Some people, but, but you he, know, like, so I want to know, like, for that person who's like, Logan, you should kill yourself. It's like, wait, you think he minimized the impact of suicide because he it, he didn't make the person commit suicide. He wasn't mm-hmm. a catalyst for it. He didn't. Bu- he wasn't the bully that made that person commit suicide or the boss that bullied him. He found an already dead person. And I'm not saying this is good. But then someone went, you should kill yourself. It's like, well, who here is minimizing suicide or who here is not taking suicide? Well, that's, again, you, I think you are taking the most extreme response. I'm, I'm even more interested in the ones that are like, he's a bad guy for that. 
And it's like, okay, very easy to do. Uh, are you helping? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where's the help? Did you, and what I said to, we've talked about this to my family. is like, look, if you want to talk about this, you have to donate $5 to any suicide prevention charity. And then we can talk about what a bad guy he is. That is the cost of admission to shitting on him right now. Yeah, yeah. And people won't do it. <laughs> they won't donate five bucks. It's like, okay, next topic. I'm, I'm done with this. Um, so yeah, there's there. I think you you're right. Is that that we don't seem to be focused on uh, helping? And I find as myself as I I get I'm interested in the like okay what makes this wrong yada yada yada. But it certainly takes me away from how's our charity water campaign doing? You know what I mean? Like yeah, could, could we do a better call to action? Could we do all these sorts of things? So there doing was, pretty well. Side note. Side note. Not killing it, but per view, just per a video view. video that no one to watch. Yeah, per view, it's doing. We're doing okay. Good. Um, Oh, actually, it's, we should probably link to it. It's a different URL. If people are interested in donating to Charity Water to yeah. get water to people who don't have access to it. Yeah, you can go to a link that's in the description of this YouTube video. Yep. It's our favorite charity. We fundraise for it every year. And we're going to match the first $100,000 that gets donated. So if you donate $20, we'll match. And that gets someone clean water for 10 years who otherwise wouldn't have had access mm-hmm. to it. And we will have... um photos we've been donating for years now and it takes years to build the wells so we have some of our first ones and those mm-hmm. are some of the smaller projects that we did but we, we have larger sums of money which should get us more photos yep. <laughs> and at some point we'll go and we'll get we'll we'll yep. be there at one of the wells that you guys helped us to dig but those trips well, we didn't dig canceled. it helped help them helped us to fund <laughs> helped us to fund uh but they they've canceled the trips for now because of covid they don't want people yeah. going across continents but that's yes. a, it's in the it's in the works for 2022 Yes. So you'll get to see us at a well that you guys helped fund. So we'll put that link in the description in the YouTube video. Yes. So anyway, you were you were mentioning there was another angle on this that people don't seem interested in help. And I, I tend to agree with that assessment. But also I, I want to take the other side, which is that like clearly there's things in um, I say like you should have known better. You should have. It's just it, the idea of ignorance being an excuse sometimes, but not always is interesting to me. Well, I mean, I think I do think case by case judgment is important. Okay, who's making the judgment? That's the question. So one of the things like if you I think part of what's happening is here is like, say that you're a a black person who is who is sincerely and deeply offended by this. It's because the and I don't mean that they're false when I call them stories, but the, the stories that you've heard about America and the South and this, you did not get 150 years of uh, life by across millions of people downloaded into your brain. You received a sliver of that. And that sliver represents your understanding of what it means. And that's your understanding of what it means. To a white person, it means something very differently. Now, what the, I think, progressive woke thing is to say, if you're a marginalized group, your perspective on it takes precedence. Um, and there are phrases like, it's not the intent, it's the impact, which is, uh, I think, you know, sometimes in my personal relationships, I I take that to heart and I go, oh shit, like I didn't mean it like that, but it was received like that. I think in public discourse where it it quickly devolves to taking the most offense becomes the position of of utmost power, right? Like like I, I truly believe there are people that are absolutely sincerely offended without needing or trying or clamoring for social media clout mm-hmm. about this. Um, but dangerously when it becomes, it's not the intent it's the impact it's you just get you can get and i I see it in this clout chasers who want to be the most offended Mm -hmm. by it because it allows them to advance career goals or or even just get likes or or five minutes of attention um the other thing there was another angle on this which is that 
there was this woman who attended the party and there was Chris Harrison who said, basically, let's have some grace for her. And I think it's, I think well, it's, I, I, th- I don't know. He said a lot of things, sure. honestly. I've seen articles quote him all sorts of ways. And so I have no idea what he said. Is it crazy for me to say that one should be able to call for grace, clemency, um, and moral relativism? Not should. That I believe, like, for anyone, if whether that person is a serial killer or, a, like... Might not be what they're upset about. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. There was a 30-minute conversation. It might not have been where they said, where he said, let's have grace. Mm-hmm. Might have been any of the other sentences he said sure. over 30 minutes. All right, so I won't go into the specifics, the specifics of, of him because I don't know them in detail. Um, anything else on that? Just, yeah, I, I, we talked about when it's okay, when you should say sorry. Uh, what about the stupid thing? Like, this is my other question. If you today are unaware of, let's, this hypothetical, uh, 10 plus million strong Italians who are deeply upset by gladiator references Mm -hmm. and you learn about it in the future, do you have to look back on today and say, I was young and stupid? Is that, I think it just depends how you actually feel. Well, I think we're being sort of corralled by like even even the responses that I've seen sort of defending him. And again, I, I don't I don't want to get into specifics. I'm interested in the ideas behind it mm-hmm. are stupid, forgive. And and I, I even question that. I go, I guess we can all just say that everything that we are ignorant of in the world and every, <laughs> makes us stupid. Uh, but then I guess we just have to say, look, if I was young and stupid, then I remain equally stupid sure. today and will forever because I can never understand everyone's response to anything in the world forever, which is OK, if that's what we're going to say. Uh, okay. well, I mean, I think that I'm, I do if think that's, most, if that's how we use stupid. I do think the most accurate term is ignorant in the sense that I think that people who eat from slaughterhouses are ignorant of what occurs in them. I don't mean that pejoratively. I mean, if they were to sit in a slaughterhouse, they would not be able to eat the meat that came from it simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And when you are wearing a blood diamond, you are ignorant of how the diamond was sourced, yeah. which I think means if you had to go to Africa and be amongst the people mining the diamonds, you would take your diamond off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you had to go, I don't know where, but to somewhere in Asia where your tech was made to see people in horrible living conditions making it, you may stop making the purchases. So I do think a lot of this stuff comes from ignorance. And I don't mean that in the sense that you're stupid and worse than the average person, which is how we use ignorant as an insult. But I think it's this comes from not understanding the situation fully. And so so maybe this is one of those where it's like, yeah, this happened out of ignorance in the sense that I had no idea going to this party would hurt 50,000 people or 500,000 people if that's Mm -hmm. what actually occurred. If If me going to this party, becoming a public figure on a show, caused genuine hurt in 500,000 people. I was ignorant to that fact. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the most accurate description. Yeah, perhaps not stupid, but ignorant. Yeah. If we had no ignorance, so many less tragedies were. Occurred. I don't think there could be any. And, and what you're, you, what interestingly. Saying, dude, the Jurger concentration camps just march on. No yeah. one knows what's happening. If we all had to, if every time you had log on Instagram, they showed you 10 minutes of Jurger concentration camps first, that was the fee for logging in people would be taking more action. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I think everything is is ignorance. That's how we allow slaughterhouses, concentration camps, child labor, blood diamonds, is we just don't investigate it. And people actually don't... I've tried to show people the movie Blood Diamond or try to show people videos of... like it's it's uh, People like their ignorance in that sense until there's a social consequence. So I think that what's interesting is that in all of the examples you said you had to go there, you know, you have to go there because clearly uh, one can know something mm-hmm. and remain ignorant. 
which is to say, like, we all know. No, they're vague ideas to people. Vague yes. ideas. Blood Diamond. Oh, I, I, that's a Leonardo DiCaprio Yeah, we've movie. all heard these things. Yeah, people might not have even seen the movie, let alone the real suffering, right? So, so, it, so the opposite of ignorance would appear to be something like empathy, which is yeah. like, which is a shared feeling, not a knowing. Like, yes, there is a country in Africa, and yes, X million people die producing these no, things. No, it's going like, and watching an African person die getting a diamond or watching an animal tortured yeah. at a slaughterhouse or watching however the cobalt gets mined for your iphone like mm-hmm. being there while kids are whatever you know whatever the situation is yeah that seeing it in touching range i think would give you yeah, yeah. an undeniable empathy i think you would unless you're a sociopath you would struggle not to have it mm-hmm. at which point people would just stop yeah do getting the clothes or the phone or the meat or whatever it is mm-hmm. and i think the one this is one of the things that i that i um one of the problems that I guess I have with the woke um, elevation of what are they called? Historically oppressed groups is that uh, the woke perspective is that the historically oppressed group inherently understands the world of the quote unquote oppressor mm-hmm. and such that does not need to uh, start from a from a potential place of ignorance as to what somebody intended meant. Da, 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 they're, they're all of that sort of stuff that that's just built into the fabric. And I would say that. Uh, not just groups, like this is the other thing that I don't like about it is that it groups people into lumps of the skin color, sex, all that kind of things. And I think they were way more interesting as individuals. Um, and that's more useful. Yeah, but, you even talk about oppressor as if every white person was here during the slave era, as if there weren't, like if you're a white person and you came over from another place, mm-hmm. your family came over in the 1900s, you're, what, do you, what do you have to do with slave labor oppression in Civil War era America. Sure. And we, we, I don't want to, we've talked about this before, but like the tracing it through the lineages and all that kind of stuff, how like the idea that whiteness as a thing is, is the thing. And well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying treating races as a monolith is very odd to me. Sure. Uh, so, but again, I would like to talk to someone who, who, uh, doesn't agree with, with all of this, but the general idea that we're saying, if you, if you, he who understands all forgives all, uh, and also it acts more compassionately towards other people. It's like, I think that's a good thing for anybody, regardless of where you think you fit on the historical totem pole of oppression to to try to do, even towards the oppressors, which is like, this is the difficult thing. We all like Nazi Germans, Nazi Germans, as if they are some different species of human. Well, I've said this. That was, I've, I'm, I feel like I can say this risklessly because I'm Jewish, but 99% of people, if they were born in Nazi Germany, would be Nazis. Well, to be how whatever percentage were, sure, would be. Sure, yes. and maybe you would be a soldier. Maybe you'd be the guy manufacturing yeah. the guns. Very few people hid Jews in the attic. Yeah. And like, how whatever percentage of the population of Germany hid Jews in the attic, roll a dice with 100 sides, and if it comes up higher than that number, mm. it wasn't you. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. everybody, And if you think that's not true and that you're disproportionately, you better be doing something today that is absolutely life-threateningly uh, selfless. Yeah. Because otherwise, it wouldn't be you. You mm-hmm. know? So like, okay, how can I demonize every single person who was alive in Germany in that era when I know that every person that I know, if transported there, roll the dice, 70% of them, 30% mm-hmm. of them, some percentage of them are Nazis. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, it gets so. harder. It gets harder and harder as you go, okay, well, not everybody in Germany, but just the SS. And you go, okay, maybe not all the SS, but just the ones that were mean about it. And as you as you play this game further and further, and some you, Nazis um, were evil. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> uh, no, I think this is this is the spiritual like uh, the the only final resting place is if you understood the life of the most of what is his name Joseph Menegle or like whatever the fuck you would have. Not to say that you would endorse what he did or allow him to continue, 
but that you would have the same level of empathy and understanding and potentially even forgiveness if you deeply understood. That's not to say um, you would be complicit, allow, or you might put a bullet in his head. <laughs> you, you still might, you oh, still sure. might, you still might deem that the the best way to do it. Um, but I think that's that's sort of the where the inevitable conclusion of of understanding is it, it you can't you can't stop it. Oh, but then there's the actual demons. It's like no, like you get in the head of every demon and every psychopath. Yeah, we talked about this. So it doesn't mean you can't put someone in jail or oh or no, you, put could, them to you death. could lock them up. You probably don't torture them, but you you could end them. Mm-hmm. I think pretty reasonably. So in any event, we we uh, talked about a lot of stuff there. Yeah, very good. What do you got? Well, we talked about this a little bit. You mentioned it. Logan Paul's moving to Puerto Rico for yeah. tax evasion. Sorry, <laughs> to lower his taxes. It's not actually tax evasion. But uh, I, I was so shocked by that because he's so rich already. I was just curious. I'd love to know, like, at what point do you pick it? And he says that he picks Puerto Rico because he fell in love with it on a trip. But then later in the video, he says the number one reason is taxes. Yeah. If the taxes there were the, as high as California, I wouldn't go to Puerto Rico. Of course Rico. not. Yeah. So it's like, how much money does one need before they make decisions based on happiness and not further wealth accrual. I was really surprised yeah. to see. I mean, I think he makes eight figures a year. It's like, oh, yeah. if he were going to Hawaii or something, I would understand. Or if he said this has nothing to do with taxes, I might be skeptical. I just want to learn Spanish and I like, like yeah, the Caribbean. Going, yeah. The number one reason is taxes. I was like, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And how how much is enough? Yeah. At what point do you not mind that you're only getting five million cash after taxes a year? Yeah. You know what I mean? hundred percent. I mean, dude, I've I noticed it in my own life. There, it's it's if it's not enough today, after and to be clear, like after you're surviving and paying rent and not wondering where your next meal will come from. If yeah, it's not enough then studies say like fifty grand a year or seventy grand 70, a year. Seventy. But even then, like if it's not enough then, it's never, ever, ever going to be enough. And I wish he seems like a smart guy, so I, I I genuinely like to talk to him. And I think I could get him to recognize that uh you are focusing on the money that's being taken from you and not the money that you have. And that's mm-hmm. a miserable way to live. You're so concerned that you could have had this that you can't see what you do have. And as long as you live like that, you will be miserable. Which isn't to say to stay in L.A. necessarily. No. It's just to say don't pick your next city with the primary motive being 
the least amount of taxes. The tr- I mean, the truth is you could, yeah, he's just going to have more. You could double your business. You could do, like, what will you have? What will you like? What do you have today? It's, it's, I, I understand the feeling of taxes, which, which is I could have this much. The other thing is, uh, I was like, look, maybe he's taking a principled, st- I was being charitable, principled stand against the U.S. government. He doesn't like the way that we spend our taxes. Fine. But if you move to Puerto Rico, you should still, as Logan Paul, in my opinion, donate at least 40% of your income, at least, to charities of your choice. Um, you don't like the U.S. war machine. You don't like whatever. Fine. But to to take all that, I mean, I'm, I'll, I, I don't actually have any uh, distaste, but I would I would like to say this to him and other people and myself who think about it. Like, you have an obligation, my man. Not only is there this personal um, – You'll be happier if you focus on what you have. But by God, you 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 drove on public roads and like you know you you lived in a in a nation with borders and police and rule of law and courts and all of this shit. And now that you got the bag, you're gonna you're gonna bail. And and is this from a perspective that you built it all yourself because you made these videos on top of an internet infrastructure that was largely funded by like the yeah, well, I don't even know if he would say that or not. He might just be like, I don't care. I'm just trying to get my money. Yeah, dude, you got to go hang out with some poor folks. <laughs> and maybe Puerto Rico, I hopefully you don't get a mansion uh, oh, he will. That, that completely isolates you from, from the suffering of other people. But my God, for your own sake and for the sake of the world, like this is, this is selfish at a way that is not good for anybody. Yeah, I was more just, I mean, that mostly... It is surprising to me because <clears throat> I think you you mentioned this in text. Let's say he doesn't want to go there except for the taxes, right? So he's moving there to minimize his taxes. I understand that he's his tax burden is higher than people who are middle class. But people who are middle class feel comfortable enough with their monetary situation to m- pick a city that they want to live in. And the fact that he has more is being translated into losing more to the government, which means he's going to go to a place he doesn't want to live. Yeah, that's That seems like the exact opposite of what you would think. You'd think, hey, I'm getting all the money. Where's the place I want to live most in the world? Yeah, man. Absent money. Is it Hawaii? Is it New York? Is it Florida? Is it like That's where you should be going because you already make <laughs> yeah, yeah. millions of dollars after taxes. You're, yeah. You did it. You won the game. You know yeah. what I mean? To be, to be, It's funny. To be locked into Puerto Rico because of your income. It's like there are That's people, now, people make less money than you and pick where they go. And you have so much money that you're, you can't not live in Puerto Rico. Free, the freedom, which is freedom. the ultimate currency. Yeah, that's funny. They have the freedom to live wherever they want. You have to go to Puerto Rico. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that It's strange? the dragon. Dude, it's the dragon that can't leave his hoard. He has so much. Yeah. That he, yeah and yeah. he grows so big that he can't leave his hoard. And none of this is a knock on Logan. I no, think he gets I, a bad rap. He seems like a no, smart guy. He's, I, I think I, he's... I'm impressed with positive, positive regard for him. It's it's more this. I'm just if that's the number one reason to move, it is quite surprising. You got to do, in my opinion, some psychedelics. He's done. (laughs) That's the funny thing. He's done uh, in. You need to do them like now. Different setting. And you got to do it in a different setting without your buddies. And uh, yeah, you still might might move. You still might be like, you know, it's time for a change. But you will not do it based on tax. No. And I think personally, I think he's just going to bounce get the Mayweather check and then come back. But the truth is this guy's got a decade plus of yeah. making $10 million a year. This Mayweather thing, mm-hmm. it's not some special thing that he can't redo. He's been doing it for years. He will do it for years. This dude's yeah. going to be a mogul who makes himself seven or eight figures a year mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. So if you if he doesn't want to live in a place, then moving there for taxes for any bag, even if it's a Mayweather bag, just doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Just go live your life and make more money. But I, I do want to just emphasize, like, because uh, I've thought about this. We live in California. We are planning on it for the foreseeable future. We pay 
the highest tax rate of anyone I know, and I include people w- way richer than me because they got way loopholes than me. I actually don't think I yeah, can. I, find, I don't think I can find someone who pays a We're higher not tax rate. Good than I do. at finding tax loopholes. <laughs> um, and I understand the feeling of like I actually I want my tax rates to be this high or higher, and I want to like see improvements in homelessness, and I want to like it's frustrating oh, yeah. How to California feel like spends their money is bonkers. So as a vote against the way that they've spent their money, I've considered like I can't I'm I'm getting out of here. Like I oh, don't okay. vote for the way that this is being allocated. Sorry, I don't think it's a bad call for him to leave L.A. or leave California. I'm yeah. surprised that he's going to Puerto Rico, given that he said the number one motive was money. And suspicious he that said, he's not going to turn around and donate a ton to charity. Yeah, if he'd said he yeah. just always wanted to live in Latin America or something, and he was going to- I wouldn't to- believe it. I wouldn't believe it if he said that, that he was moving alone to Puerto Rico. Yeah. That then that I at least have, sure, I at least could- credit him for t- saying the truth. Those of you who don't know, you don't pay taxes in, in Puerto Rico, I believe. There's no federal income tax. Yeah, is I that think- correct? Um. And probably what it'll do is stay six months and a day yeah, and then fly just, home yeah, exactly. and then flight for Mayweather and make a ton of million and dollars. And yeah, and, and it'll be fine. It'll be six months. But the, the the general point is if you can't, if you don't have enough today and I'm there, Logan is certainly there, you'll never have it. It'll, you will always be focused on what has been taken from you, what you don't have, and you will be, you will be poor. Like the point of wealth is freedom. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the biggest thing I took from it is, is that whoever, the person who, just moves to their dream city yeah. because it's their dream city, that person has more f- freedom, freedom wealth than the person that moves somewhere to, av- to avoid taxes. I felt this, and I don't know that I've backtracked. I had, there was a moment where I was planning on leaving my job. I said I couldn't leave, and one of our good friends, Paul, was like, just leave. And I, I became wealthy in that moment. I just, sure. re- I was like, I can go anywhere. And I felt rich and i still I slept on your floor mm-hmm. didn't pay rent <laughs> you know what i mean ate ate three protein bars a day yep and now yes could i have had more freedom to eat different food sure i didn't have that but i could go where i wanted any to go. flavor of protein any bar flavor wanted, baby though. that's i thought that was good for me at the time it was not <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i was free and then we went to brazil and i had to airbnb my room but i was i was free to be in brazil and uh yeah, man, I want that for him. I want him to feel freedom. I want that for more people. And it's just a bummer to get so focused on. It was funny, too. He said one of the reasons he didn't want to leave. And again, I'm really not bagging like I really do think that he's he's smart. And it's just interesting to hear him talk. But he said one of the reasons he didn't want to leave is because they just made a new $60,000 studio for the podcast. It's like, that's not a good reason to so stay this is either. Another, so one of the other things is we had to deal with this is sunk costs. Yeah. You're like, oh, my gosh, like I just paid down this house or I just paid down this and we, we Dude, how about this on cost? I just spent four years in finance getting to the highest sleeping under my desk that yeah. I'd ha- I was two years investment banking, two years private equity. People were like, dude, just stay another two years. You, your hours are going to go down and your pay is going to go up by like 30%. Like you just paid your dues. I was like, well, yeah, but then I have to stay here. I can't be in Brazil mm-hmm. starting a business. And people did not understand that sunk cost. They're like, you've done the worst part, so now it makes sense to stay. It's like, yeah. no, in 2013, where do I want to be? Here doing finance or in Brazil starting a business with five friends? Mm-hmm. That's where I want to be. So this, the fact that I've put this time into it is meaningless. Yeah. If this is interesting to you, read the four-hour work week. Again, the, like we don't need to pat ourselves on the back. I am proud that we made those decisions. But the point is, uh, I think for more people to, to, yeah, yeah. to make those decisions. Well, so we're not, yeah, just to humble ourselves. We're not particularly clever here. It's yeah, the yeah. four hour work week. And then I would also say there's a book, Predictably Irrational. Mm-hmm. Shocks about sunk cost and free and all that jazz. But yep, those are the goodies. Hard tangents. Sure, I have one that we've talked about a little bit. Go for it. Just about empathy. 
WandaVision. Spoilers, if people haven't seen WandaVision. Spoilers for WandaVision up to episode six? Whatever's live now. Six. Uh, no, no, because seven goes up tonight. Episode six. Okay, sure. We're a day, we're a day in advance. Go ahead. Episode six. It's, it's really interesting to me. It's really hammered home how easily... Sorry, one thing. Those of you who want to keep watching, just click the next timestamp in the description on YouTube. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, how easily we are manipulated into who is the good guy and who is the bad guy. And so I think at some point the show will change and we'll find out that people are actually evil or not evil. But Wanda is at this point holding a, a town of thousands of people hostage and they are clearly psychologically tormented. When they're free from it, they cry or they scream. She's still the protagonist. And there's a general who doesn't like her and wants to kill her who is the bad guy because he says grumpy things, is a little bit gruff, scowls a lot. Meanwhile, for context, he watched half of the population of the world get killed last time a superpowered being went evil, right? And it, to me, it's just fascinating because I do find myself falling for the same trick of somehow I'm rooting for Wanda to, to get her happy ending. And I don't like the general. And it's fascinating. It's just who the camera is on mm -hmm. and whose backstory you know. And if we had the exact same story occurring, but there had been a movie that followed this general's backstory as he dealt with Thanos killing half the population and we knew nothing about Wanda's backstory with her brother or Vision or anything, we would all be rooting for them to take down the super terrorist that is Wanda. Yeah. And we'd be rooting so hard for this general who with no superpowers survived the blip, uh, carried on with the sword organization. And yeah, it's just fascinating. It's like, wow, who you know the backstory of is who you root for and have empathy for and who the camera follows mm -hmm. is who you root for and have empathy for. And it's just was it's just interesting to me to think about because if you just had them laid out on paper, you wouldn't be rooting yeah, yeah, for yeah. Wanda at all. I, I suspect that Disney's going to find a plot way to, um, what's the world? Uh, make the general a bad guy. To make the general a bad guy and yeah, to, uh, what is it, ab abdicate Wanda? Like it won't have been her fault somehow? Yeah, I agree. Like, like that, that it will not actually be an interesting take on, holy shit, she like consciously or unconsciously really hurts people. It's going to be like, no, like there was an evil being who infected her. You know, like. I agree, but we just don't know that yet. So it's interesting I, who you root for. Well, what's what I know about TV is that, uh, take Game of Thrones, for instance, uh, again, some spoilers in Game of Thrones, that's now happened. Uh, <laughs> Tyrion goes pretty dark in the books, yep. like becomes uh, a tough guy to read and watch as he, and it's as if you just, he's had everything taken from him. His whole life he's been mocked and then he has his nose sliced off and he doesn't get his nose sliced off in the thing. He no, they, remains, keep, they keep him relatively and he's, handsome. Yeah, and he's misshapen in a way that that um, Peter Dinklage is not. Yep. Like so, and then Peter Dinklage gets like funny and drunk and uh, the Tyrion of the books becomes, uh, what's the word? A, a human hater. What's it's Misanthrope? Misanthrope, that's the one. Wasn't he also like, pretty brutal to people he like rapes a prostitute at one point and it's he he becomes tough to to root for and i and i just know the tv shows won't won't mm -hmm. do that with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't do it on hbo they're not going to do it certainly not going to do it on disney plus wanda's gonna oh my god it wasn't her fault after all it's definitely i would bet money that that's how it breaks oh for sure yeah. it's just interesting that you can be mid-season watching someone psychologically tortured by her tears coming out of the other person's yeah. eyes and, and then three minutes later in the episode, you're rooting for Wanda. Yeah. This yeah. is why this is why I guess the, uh, the hope of Neuralink. Well, it was weird. We kind of you would think, oh, wow, Twitter's going to like help us care more about one another because we're going to get insight into other people's lives. But apparently 
Uh, it's not enough to really care for somebody, but to hate somebody, it only yeah, takes yeah, a, yeah. it takes 180 characters to hate someone yep. and like hours of documentary footage to care about them. Yep. <laughs> it's really you can hate people with with just one fact about them, yep. but uh, you need a lot more to to like them. Um, so hard tangent. Sure. Uh, New York Times. This is. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty down on. I, I shouldn't say the whole newspaper i'm sure there's sections of it that i would go yeah cool but uh they wrote an article about the guys of slate star codex who is now like astral codex i don't know he's i, I think it's called slate star codex justin if you don't mind i think some people asked what it was actually called i might have gotten the name wrong but if you google that you should be in the right area you'll get there they did an article about him i spoke about it last time mm-hmm. they he didn't want them to release the name they did and it's it's a classic new york times article they did one on joe rogan that is all about the associations they can make to this person to make them bad yeah um it's it was just like this is a bad guy and one of the sections that i quoted is in Sorry, one the joe rogan one is the one that steven crowder was upset by or something joe rogan they just is, had the images is uh, this right and like you scroll down and you see people's faces next to each other they just associated him with things that are bad that was it they they rather than attack joe they just they just stand you next to people that are understood by their readership to be bad yeah they're like you know, joe had rogan a neo, is- joe rogan had a neo-nazi on it at one point said yes i agree with you like that's the type this is exactly very similar to this quote yeah so it's it's about the slate star codex guy and it says in one post he aligned himself with Charles Murray, and there's that's hyperlinked, who proposed a link between race and IQ in the bell curve. In another, he pointed out that Mr. Murray believes black people are genetically less intelligent than white people. Now, Charles Murray is an interesting example of somebody who's been like, uh, I think in my understanding is p- people treat him as racist without reviewing his work and being mm-hmm. interested in it it is a question that one should be able to ask and at least attempt to answer sincerely is okay if there are there different heights between people of different races are there different we have done this penis sizes does directs need to make different penis or different condom sizes when they're selling to african nations versus when they sell to asian nations or the united states of america like yeah what charles murray did is he looked at uh, <laughs> iq across race yes and to, and to be clear you can't do this independent of socioeconomics like all these things need to no, be accounted no, I for think, i don't think that the report shows anything genetic his yeah have, well i haven't read a ton about charles i think it no, does i'm i'm saying i don't think it does oh you're, think, you're saying think, that you don't buy the conclusion that it does i don't know what the conclusion is but i think the work pre the conclusion is just taking cohorts of race mm-hmm. and looking at their mean iqs yes so when that's work that seems like should be non-controversial. Now, I, if his conclusion is genetics, I think you got to take into account nutrition and yes. uh, amount of trauma during childhood. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that could skew that. But I think that potentially that could lead to a really great question, which is if one race is lower, why? And what and do we do about it? Yeah, yeah. Is there a way we can fix this such mm-hmm. that we give people a better chance to succeed because we're focusing on nutrition from zero to 10? You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus if you don't allow the study, you can't... Or discussion about it in any event. You can't fix the potential problem. So that's Charles Murray. But for the purposes of this discussion, let's just pretend that he's a no good, very bad, very bad. Okay. Okay. So let's say in one post, he aligned himself with a no good, very bad who proposed a no good, very bad. In another, he pointed out that the no good, very bad believes a no good, very bad. And the point is I clicked the hyperlink and he doesn't say anything. He says, he says on this, I agree with him, which is to say like if Hitler liked dogs and I say, I agree with Hitler there. The New York Times well, funny is in, in article, all of their will we'll write that paragraph. What's funny is in an article, you could even be being facetious or going for humor. Like, you know, Adolf Hitler 
Oh, wanted dude, to, he, wanted are, to kill he did all this. He made a joke. Dude, you he don't wanted know to kill this? all the Jews. He wanted to kill all of the, you know, Romanian people. He wanted to do this. And he loved dogs. And in mm-hmm. the latter, I can at least agree. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, well, now you can take that out of context. Yes. But maybe my writing style is one that uh, is tongue in cheek. Yes. So wow. And by the way, completely shitting on the racist parts of Hitler's stuff. So he at one, he makes like, it's, it's a hyperbole. He compares feminists to something hyperbolic. I forget to Nazis or something. And, and it's like the end, it's the end of a paragraph and it's, it's, it's his style is it's, it's engaging. And they said, and one, he compared feminists to Nazis and I clicked the hyperlink there and I went to it and on his thing, he has it struck out. It says, I totally, I totally don't do this. Please don't take this out of context and post it all over the internet. Thanks. And it's just like, <laughs> it was one errant thing. And it's, and I don't, I will, I really do want to talk to these authors who do this stuff and be like, Tell me what you think you're doing mm-hmm. when you do this. You, you believe that you've. Uh, what are you trying? What are you conveying? Is that what you mean to convey? Well, my guess would be they're they're going. They, you don't start with like what's the most true way to represent this person. You start with this is a bad person, and I need to make sure people know they're bad. Now let's write a story that I know if people read it, they won't like this guy. And mm-hmm. what is that going to do? It's going to prevent people from finding his bad work. Mm-hmm. It's an ends justifies the means thing. It's like, Perhaps, am I painting a full yeah. picture? That's just my guess. Am yeah. I painting a, full, a painting a full picture of this guy? Absolutely not. But what my goal is, is not to accurately represent him. It's yeah. to make it so that people who have never heard of him know that he's bad. Don't go to him if they find him later and poo poo people who bring him up. And I so said, then I start. I would have to talk to this article. person to know. I, th- that, That's that my is, guess. Makes sense. But, th- but I think where I actually really stand is I, I wouldn't even bet on that because. Um. I don't know, man. I, I I generally believe that almost everyone is sincere. Like, and so I uh, think that, that is sincere. Yeah, yeah. This is a bad man, and this article is going to stop people from finding this bad man. And I sincerely think I'm doing good in the world. I think few people are ends justify means people. I think that most people would say that they. I mean, am most, I wrong on I that? I think most people are ends justify. Am I wrong on that one? Anyone who tells a white lie is an end justifies the means person. Oh, well, what do they say about that? I guess I would. I'm going to take. They don't admit that what they're doing is wrong. I'm going to take off work today. What am I going to do? I'm going to say I'm sick. Mm. Why don't you just say that you want to take off work to surf? Well, because then they'll dislike me. My boss will look down on me. Yeah, this is the truth. You're going to take off work to surf. Yeah, but if I tell him I'm sick, I get to go surf. I got it. And my boss won't think less of me, so I can still get the promotion. Got it. That's ends justifies. Sorry, sorry. People don't. I think very few people will say the words "the ends justify the means," but they will describe the ends justifying that straight up ends justifies them yes yes and i think that's what these authors are okay this is a bad guy and i'm helping the world i'm gonna uh, get there by writing this article they're not gonna say i'm gonna get there by doing a lying hit piece yes interesting interesting yeah i need to hang out with some more people <laughs> <laughs> i get that yeah i think i missed that in in people but i don't think that you're wrong oh and this is one that we just talked about um lawyers <laughs> you're a lawyer this Yummy. isn't a, not necessarily about you this is about incentives this isn't about every lawyer this is about incentives this is about incentives. uh we had a lawyer uh write us Go up vague on this okay we write us up a operating agreement can i say that sure okay and uh, because we don't have one basically mm. we we've just been buddies we have a old school we've operating agreement that i wrote from legal zoom and it was intended as just like look fringe things i trust ben There's three he touches me worried about yeah. x y and z here's how it happened yeah hey can you just write us we literally just want a contract a one pager so it says x y and z it yeah. says if, if we get married we got to do this if we, not to each other if we marry someone <laughs> we, we got to protect <laughs> we got to protect our equity in the business if one of us dies here's what happens if somebody becomes blah 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 can we just get like a one page contract with yeah. the right legalese? Because I think if I type it up in a Word document, yeah. 
maybe I won't know the legal language to make this an official contract. So that's how it started. And, and then they said, yeah, let's get on call. And I said, I don't want to be on call. And Ben said, you have to be on call. You got it. Okay. So I'm going, okay, already I don't want to be on call. This is fine. Um, they told, they gave you a number. Oh, sorry. I said, we have to be on, you have to be on call because they work for the business. They don't yeah. work for either of yes. us. And so they're, so I was like, I'll be there. They can't do their job yeah. unless we're both on there representing ourselves. I'm going to tune this out. And yep. I just, so, uh, and did they did. quote you a price at that point? Yeah. Like four or five grand. Okay. So they quoted you five, four or five. We no, get on no, call. No, four or five grand. Sure. The first, the first 10 minutes are chit chat, get to know you, da, 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 hey, whatever. Okay. And that's, that's like fine on, you know, and then we talk. And I say repeatedly, here's what I need, here's what I need, here's what I need. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. Mm -hmm. you, can in, you can infer my stance on anything outside of X, Y, and Z. It's an I don't care. Yeah. So don't include it, I don't care. Well, you're gonna want it, you're gonna need it. Like, uh, so my sense of the call was, it took an hour and a half or something. And I was like, that was a total waste of time. Mm -hmm. Didn't need the didn't need the chit chat, but fine. And then I think I effectively or should have effectively communicated my position in about five minutes. Yeah. But that was a waste of time. Fine. We get this thing weeks later back. It's a 60 page document and we are billed six thousand dollars for mm -hmm. it, which I realized today includes the chit chat mm -hmm. that I didn't want to be part of and all of the part that I didn't want to be part of. And this is a person who I do not think is trying to hurt us at all. Like, this is not someone who wishes us ill. They're agnostic to if this hurt us. <laughs> yes. And so they quoted us a price that wound up being like, uh, what is it, 20, 20 to 50%, 20 to something-ish percent below what they actually wound up billing us for. Wasted our time, mm -hmm. gave us something that we don't want that is overbloated. Yeah, and what's the incentive? And, this, you said the, this, is about and this is about incentive. So this isn't about lawyers. This is that the incentive for this person is to be paid by the hour. Mm -hmm. If they were paid... As, as a as I said at the beginning of this, look, okay, four or five grand, fine. We're going to pay you four or five grand for the result. Final contract. For the result. Yeah. You think we would have been on the phone for an hour and a half? I do not. Would we have chit-chatted about some nonsense? I don't think we would Would they have insisted on 60 pages? Probably not. I don't think so either. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've, I've seen this in life and in business. They also said it took 10 hours to write, despite the fact that it's incredibly boilerplate. I'm disgusted, honestly. Yeah. I'm, 10 I'm, hours. I feel... It's just, it's like in the scale of business, it's okay, but I feel violated mm -hmm. <laughs> by this in, in terms of business, as far as business violations can go. Cause it's just like, wow, man, you hosed me. You wasted my time. You ripped me off yep. and you, uh, it could have been a one pager for 500 You acted bucks. like I took your time and like, I'm paying you. Like I, my feeling is you should have paid me for, for that yep. time. I didn't want you to have Super it. valuable lesson in general oh, on, yeah. on hourly work. Money that I think will be well spent for us to learn. And there's there's times where you want to pay, to be clear, there's times where you want hourly work as well, which is uh, when you don't want someone to rush something. And you're mm -hmm. like, look, take the time necessary because I trust your judicious use of this time. Well, the best thing that we've done that I do like in general is there's been times where someone's, um, let's say, hourly. And we say, okay, how many hours... Do you think this will take? They go, okay, tw 20 hours. Okay, what do you want to be paid an hour? $50 an hour. I'm like, okay, we're going to pay you 50% more than what you just quoted. And then that's the cap. Yeah. So I've given you plenty of time by your buffer. But what I am not paying for is scope creep. Yeah. Because that's the problem with an hourly thing is that someone will then just take a really long time. Yep. So it's like, okay, congrats. If your predictions are accurate, you will make 50% more than you expected. If you just lied to me to make sure you win the bid, Mm -hmm. by underselling yep. how hard this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone else was honest, by the way, that the same hourly rate, but they said it was going to take twice as many hours because they're not lying to me. 
Well, now you will actually make 50% less than you were expecting. And then they won't take the deal and you'll go, okay, cool, great. You lied to me when you quoted me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great lesson. I this is I tried it because we've had we've had many of these multi thousand dollar lessons in our business. One day we should just read them to you guys. I've got many of them like we've we've uh, paid for our education. Don't sign long term contracts. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about some of them. But uh, this is another one. And it's just I think it's it's again, it's not to single out lawyers, but I will be hyper vigilant of lawyers because I understand and I worked as a consultant where it's an hourly. I think the person most likely to be guilty of this is a high per hour paid per hour person and yeah. lawyers are almost always that yeah. and so for that reason i will be especially skeptical yeah. of lawyers but mm-hmm. if anyone else comes into play who's a multiple hundred dollars per hour person tech stuff i'll yeah. be it's equally not, skeptical it's often not that expensive yeah, yeah they're way there's six of the price dude i'm just i'll end it here but this is the most useless high cost thing that we've done in our business yeah. it's, it's 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 single-handedly it's not the worst mistake we've ever made but in terms of like wow you charged me so much money and took so much of my time, took my time and did so little for me. This takes the cake. Yeah. Pretty cool. It's a real treat. It's a real treat. <laughs> but uh, to be clear, I, 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 the business is great. I can't complain. It's a wonderful. No, it's just a good lesson. It's a good like, lesson. Right, be super skeptical of that, that kind of thing. Sure. Let's do questions unless you have anything else. Nothing that can't wait for the next week. Okay. Well, we got Justin. First up is uh recently i think about people i've heard in the past because i didn't know better or for whatever reason i said or did the wrong things um and some of those people stayed in my life some i don't know what was of those situations but i know i hurt them and in general i have uh practically not been called out for any of those things but now i feel like i'd like to sit down with them and apologize to them i also think i'd like others to hurt who hurt me to sit down with me and apologize to me I'm curious if you've ever been in a situation like that and what are your thoughts about this and if I should go through with it. So like preemptively apologizing for something that they feel that they've done wrong. So that maybe they've before done something. Before they've been called a task. Or before, kind of, it's that they've done something wrong in the past and um, they feel like they should apologize for it, but nobody's kind of called them out. Okay. I would treat these completely separately. Yeah, yeah. So I would treat the, I feel like I've done something wrong that warrants an apology, but I haven't been called for an apology completely separately from someone has done me wrong and I think they owe me an apology. For the first one, yeah, fire away would be my would be my thing. This is a friend that you genuinely feel you've done wrong to and they might be harboring resentment towards you or not, but you don't know because you've never spoken about it. Sit them down and apologize. Seems like a great idea. Mm-hmm. And? Oh, I mean, that's just completely different from demanding an apology, which I would have to think through. I can think through it now, but the first one seems like a, a definite Go yes. ahead, yeah. And that is not me saying it's a definite yes that you can demand an apology from someone who I think what you can always do is share your feelings. So to demand an apology seems a step too far. But what you can do is if someone in your friend group did something that still sits with you today is you can go, hey, this might seem out of nowhere, but a year ago (laughs) you said something and I carry resentment with me to this day because of it and I wanted to share because I think our friendship will be better off because I share it that seems fine Mm -hmm. and I think we've said this before talk about facts and feelings you said this yeah it made me feel this I'm not saying you were a dick not saying you were I'm not labeling you I just Mm -hmm. saying you said this thing I've resented it till this day I'd love to get this thorn out of our friendship yeah makes me want to see you less or whatever the truth is you are making an interesting distinction which i don't think is good between asking for an apology and sharing I, the the resentment i do not think you can demand an apology 
Okay. Yeah. I think that what well, you, you can, can. What I you, don't think yeah. you <laughs> what you can do is unload your burden that you are, you can and they may or may not apologize. Feelings. Yeah. Yep. I think and I wouldn't even say it that I think, and I think you should apologize is a step too far in my opinion. Uh, really? You can't say, I f- you, there can't be a feeling that one has. Like I find myself waiting for an apology. That's different. Yeah. Okay. I that's find, should. I, I, yes, that's, that's a good point. I've I been find, wait- I find myself waiting and it makes how, me feel. How X. about this? And the fact that you never apologized hurt me even more. Yeah. Because I thought that it was obvious from my reaction. Got it. That I was hurt. No shoulds though. Facts and my own feelings. No, nothing prescriptive for them. Mm-hmm. I think you might get an apology, but to go in and sit down and say, hey, a year ago you did, you here's the worst thing you could do, label and demand apology. Hey, a year ago you said something that was fucked up and I, I demand an apology. That's not going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> what will go much better is, hey, Even you, if you said I would like an apology, it's you, still like. You said or did this thing that is irrefutable. We both agree. You said or did. It made me feel like this in the moment. It's made me feel like this since. And then if it's true, and the fact that you didn't apologize, that was actually what hurt my feelings the most. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's going to get you a good reaction. It's the other thing. It's just the better way to go about it. Yeah. Yep. 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 I like it. Okay. Would you recommend they do it like at the same time if it's... Are these the same person? I, uh, just so in case. Let's say it's the same person. They feel that they've wronged them, but they've also... I actually... No, it seems like now it seems like you're doing a little tit for tat. You're like, hey, I'm going to go back in our history and I'm going to apologize to you to lay up this re- reciprocity thing where you apologize to me? I think if you call that out, you can get around it. If you treat it as a, like, hey man, there's some stuff that I've been holding back. Sure. And that's a way to go about it. And it's, and you would have to, I think you should proactively be like, this isn't a tit for tat, but there's, there's two things. One where like, I think I did you wrong and I am sorry for that. And, and, one where and you, also like, one where I feel I resentment hurt. and I feel yeah. hurt about this. And I've been waiting for that apology and I'm angry that it never came in and makes me feel x yeah, y and z that could work but i think if yeah. you don't call it out it looks particularly yes. manipulative to yeah. come down and say hey there's this thing that i did <laughs> there anything you, you want to say to me six years ago <laughs> i spilled some milk on you and i felt bad ever since also um last week you slept with you my, girlfriend. my girlfriend and <laughs> it's been making me it's like yeah just <laughs> it's funny that we thought of the same thing yeah. <laughs> it's never happened um also i was gonna say before we go to the next question patreon thank you guys we're doing it our Jordan Belfort clips are not uh, going to carry the channel's revenue any further. So we, we are back to relying on Patreon, but it's been super helpful. And if you want to see more questions like this, we go for, I don't know, a considerable amount of we'll time. Probably go for an extra hour today. Yeah. Um, so if you want to join Patreon, any level gets you in. You can check out all those questions and it helps support the podcast. Also, I think we came up with a new Patreon perk, too, which is you get the audio ad free, right? Yeah. So we're going to put yeah, the audio behind Patreon. That. So if you want to get just the content, because we have a patron, he's a $300 patron and a friend of ours. And he's like, can I get out of the ads since I give you guys $300? I don't even know there were audio ads. Yes, you can. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that's another Patreon perk we just added in addition to getting your questions answered. Click the link below. Thanks, guys. Next question. Next is, I'm looking for recommendations of other podcasts similar to yours. Any suggestions? Similar to ours. uh, I would say like Brett Weinstein at Dark Horse does a pretty uh, heady analysis of things uh his yeah i think the weinsteins do i'm like we're not identical to anybody weinsteins do both of them heady analysis of stuff and introduce you to new ideas um i do think like slate star codex who i mentioned is really good uh that's a blog though the last psychiatrist is a blog that hasn't been written in for seven years at this point but is uh 
like a really interesting fountain of novel ideas that I that inform the way that I see the world. I don't agree with everything, but it's I'm always, I'm I'm the most interested in new ideas that I don't hear echoed, and then that's like that's a great spot. For the that. last psychiatrist has also been shouted out by other people, right? Yeah, that Tucker he, Max called him out. The guy who started Cracked, uh, he he has his. He has like internet influence. He's one yeah. of the, he's like the Socrates he's of, the thought, of he's yeah. the thought leader of public thought leaders. Not all of them, but yeah, he's he's yeah, he kind of like started he's behind, he's behind the scenes. His readership isn't necessarily huge, but yeah, people. Take but he, his, he take stopped. He stopped seven years ago. I think Slate Star well, Codex. Didn't is, he say he stopped because he saw his anonymity was going to get threatened? I think so. He and said, I think it is threatened. I mean, no, I th- but I believe I could be totally wrong. I thought that you guys had said that he basically saw the writing on the wall in terms yeah. of can- cancel culture. And was like, I'm getting out of here. I don't know if that was why. It might be because he's a psychiatrist and they don't like to, uh, they hide their identities and his leaked and I know his name because I'm a psycho. And I was like, I was like, I need to contact him. So he writes again. I was like, maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to dox him. So he writes again. <laughs> I'm not going to dox him. No, I just want to just call him at home and be like, <laughs> uh, hi, is uh, Mr. Last Psychiatrist there? <laughs> I'm a reader. Um, you've been, I noticed you haven't updated in seven and a half years. Yeah, you probably maybe like moved on with your life, but I was wondering if you could. <laughs> yeah, I would love it if you started writing again. Um, but those are good, some good ones. Do you have any? Podcast wise, I used to listen to the Tim Ferriss show a lot, but I kind of just fatigued of it. I don't know why. It's, it's, I don't, it's great. It's too success oriented. It's too succeed. I, I just don't care as much about success anymore yeah. I, I like some of his on, stuff I liked his one on trauma I like his trauma good. stuff yeah and and I that's not that's not a knock he sometimes when he talked about his own I was like fucking dope man um and I listened to that but yeah I, I just don't I don't know I don't want to get more stuff done harder faster yeah that was that was the podcast that I listened to the most <laughs> and then I used to listen to the fighter and kid but now there's no fighter in the kid now so. there's none I don't listen cool next and last is uh what's your take on Bill Maher I've heard you talk about the news and I've come to agree with so much of what you said about it. But Bill, in my opinion, seems to be the one who's more concerned about truth than playing a side, even though he's clearly a Democrat. So I'm sort of on the fence, but I appreciate his takes and was wondering your take on him. I have no take on him. I've heard or read things about him that are quite bad. I have never consumed any of his content first person, so I don't know if those bad things are true, Mm -hmm. but I have... I, I certainly can't endorse him either. Yeah, no, I, I can neither endorse. I, I enjoy some of the videos that I see with him in them. I, uh, what is, I, yeah, every take I have is so surface level. Of yeah, him. yeah, that's how I feel. It would be that, uh, so I, so almost as to say nothing, but I've got nothing against him. I, he, he was, he did an interview with Howard Stern that I used in the upcoming video and really like Howard just was amazing <laughs> and it's not to say that bill isn't a good interview or anything but i was like dude howard stern is a fucking titan mm-hmm. he just took this thing over uh he's he does it with every host where he comes on he's just it's just his show as soon as he comes on it's truly impressive um so howard's gonna be heavily featured in the next breakdown and uh when's that come out eight days i'm excited to watch that one it's okay you know, don't don't get too crazy no no I, <laughs> well, thing, I think howard stern there, I think that he's not perfect and also that there's very interesting things to learn from him. Yeah. More so than, uh, I think it's just unique. He's so unique. Yeah. Well, I did, I could tell you, I'm, maybe I should, what we do, the process of making these videos is you start with uh, an idea or a person and then you have to fit it into a title that is of interest to the audience. Mm-hmm. So there's interesting things about Howard Stern that will not make the video. Yeah, but you can make a set. That's what, literally what I did with Joe Rogan is I mm-hmm. took all my clips for yeah. Joe Rogan 
And then it, we said, oh, yeah, what do we want this to be about? We want it to be about commanding respect yeah. or something. So I went, I have so much about making a conversation good that has nothing to do with respect. I'm not going to include it. And then it did really well. And so four months later, I said, guys, what about a small talk video about Joe Rogan? And then I used yeah. all the other stuff I thought was good. Mm -hmm. And so, I probably still have more. Well, so that, Joe Rogan is also a super interesting person. With Howard Stern, I, I this video, those of you interested in the behind the scenes, it started as I was like, Howard Stern is one of the greatest interviewers of all time. Mm -hmm. He, I can't even list them, but I, he, he has so many breaking news. Somebody comes out as gay or shares that they were abused. He's, he's, Almost, you know, he and Oprah are neck and neck sure. for like people just going on like, Different why, styles. why did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Oprah, I think they feel a little bit better after. I think they walk out of his studio. They're like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he has a way of really getting people to open up. And it's I mean, it can it can be summarized quickly as one. He talks about everything like he, size of his penis, that is that is sex life, all this kind of stuff. So you just go into an environment where and he says he has a small penis, yes. right? which I think is important. Yes. It's, if you're like, oh, yeah, you guys want to know a fun fact about me. I have a nine inch penis. Yeah. Wow. This is really making me want to open up to you, Howard. Yes. He he talks about his insecurities, his feelings, et cetera. He directly asks who did it. And he also has a habit of uh, it's overdone because he, he, he interrupts guests sometimes, but he assumes this is in the video that people are more petty insecure jealous angry frustrated whatever than we all let on because he's been to therapy mm -hmm. <laughs> and so when he's talking to john mccartney and he's talking about uh, or paul mccartney he's talking about john lennon he's like it must have pissed you off so much that he got all yeah. the attention i would have been livid i'd have been and people sometimes say no and you can tell they don't totally mean it but sometimes go well yeah you know it was frustrating that john got all the you know and, and he yeah. gets good stuff by just like not judging and being like because i'd be furious in yeah. that situation you know he walks out he brings this chick into the studio and all of a sudden she breaks up the greatest band of all time like it's he's got a he's got a way of uh yeah pisses and leads yes he meets your, your reality then he you. says what you're scared to say and he doesn't judge it, it he's saying it, it's okay yeah. to say it though he's saying and it, and he puts it i would he's like i'd kill him yeah, i yeah. if somebody did that like i know that i would and all of a sudden like well you walk away being like i just said that i hate john lennon oh why did i do that and it's not actually what, <laughs> it's not what he says he it, says that they they forgave each other before he, he said died. they forgave each other but he does go yeah john broke up the band <laughs> he just yeah, yeah. he just uncat like he, he'd always been vague i believe up until then and howard asked him, he was like oh it's john yeah, <laughs> yeah john john broke us up so he's got a bunch of those and he's very good at it um but he's he's there's a separate thing that i did not include in the video which is how he takes over conversations i yeah. focused more on how to go from small talk to opening up talk but he also goes on Bill Maher and just rules this show. But you're saying Howard Stern's face, which I think is fair, might not resonate with the audience well or do well. But if this first video does well, it's yeah. about Howard Stern and Joe Rogan. Yes. You could do a second one about Howard Stern and Chris Evans. Yes. You know? So I had. So those of you will see this is the this is how the sausage is made. I was going to do this Howard Stern video. It's solid. It's good. And then I thought, oh, my gosh, Howard Stern's face in 2021 on a thumbnail is going to just be Bomb. a waste of the, all the effort that I put into this. Yeah. So I needed, I was like, who else can I include to support these points? Joe Rogan, very popular. So wait, so just to be clear, the thought process was, here's the title I want. Who else fits this title? And who else fits these points? Yeah. And I was like, and and so I was like, and some of them, Joe has great examples. Of, but quite frankly, Joe can't do it like Howard does. Mm -hmm. Like there's some, where I was like, I cannot find, and I know I won't, Joe doing what Howard does here. Oh, yeah, but I'm just saying where Howard a, says he has a small penis like Joe's not going <laughs> to. But you could make a how to take over a room video that was Howard Stern and Craig Ferguson. Yes. Yes. And it would do very well. And you could showcase Howard. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So I think there's a second. video. If there's good content, there's a second video there, I think. Yep. Dope.
that's all I had for today. Okay, great. Good we got more on Patreon if you guys want to join. Link is uh, in the podcast links, notes, and the description. We would love to have you. It means a lot to us, our continued existence. So I uh, <laughs> hope to see you guys there. Thanks to all of you who are in Patreon. And for those of you, we're going to hop over now to that. Peace. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.